Welcome to Employment Law Matters with Barrister Daniel Barnett. Hello, I'm Daniel Barnett, a barrister at Outer Temple Chambers in London. And in this week's episode of Employment Law Matters, I'm talking about my top five SOSR dismissals. If you're an employment law aficionado, you'll know what SOSR stands for. Tell me now. Shout it out. It's some other substantial reason. Well done. And I always think it sounds a bit weird to dismiss somebody for some other substantial reason, but I'll explain why we lawyers use that phrase in a moment. We do know that an employer has to have, under the Employment Rights Act 1996, a fair reason to dismiss an employee. And the Act sets out potentially fair reasons in Section 98. There are five of them. Number one, capability or qualifications. It's potentially fair to dismiss someone if they're rubbish at their job or they're not qualified or they're just not there due to illness. Reason number two is conduct. If someone takes out a pistol and shoots the managing director in the face, that's probably going to justify dismissal. Number three is redundancy, where the need for somebody to do a job disappears, where a place of work closes down, it's potentially fair to dismiss the people doing those jobs. Number four is illegality. If you employ a driver and they lose their driving license, it's potentially fair to dismiss them. And the fifth one is the catch-all. It's the one I'm talking about today. Some other substantial reason, SOSR. The full wording is some other substantial reason of a kind such as to justify the dismissal of an employee holding the position which the employee held. It's a bit of a mouthful. And rather unhelpfully, there's no definition of some other substantial reason or any official guidance about its meaning. We know it's got to be substantial. That really just means anything that's not frivolous or insignificant. And whether a dismissal is going to be fair for some other substantial reason is going to depend on the facts of the case. And that's what makes it tricky. I'm going to talk in just a moment about my top five SOSR dismissals. But remember, the test for fairness in dismissals has two stages. SOSR, some other substantial reason, is no difference. Stage one is the employer has to show the principal reason for dismissal, which can be capability, conduct, redundancy, or some other substantial reason of a kind to justify dismissal of the employee. If and only if the employer has done that, the employer's also got to show the decision was reasonable in all the circumstances. So tribunals will factor in lots of different things, warnings given, the size of the business, the resources available to the business, and almost always some sort of procedure. So here are my top five SOSR dismissals when tribunals will allow employers to dismiss on one of these grounds. Number one, business reorganisations. Often reorganisations involve redundancies, but some restructures involve the existing work being reorganised into different new roles, but without having any reduced need for people to do work of a particular kind, which is the technical definition you've got to make out if you're trying to rely on redundancy as your fair reason for dismissal. Now, in this type of restructure, employers often need to make changes to terms and conditions to reflect the new roles. And if an employee refuses to accept those new terms and are subsequently dismissed, 
The reason will be some other substantial reason, the business reorganization. So number one is business reorganization. Number two is linked to that. It's changing terms and conditions. An employer might need to change terms and conditions in other situations too. If an employee is dismissed for refusing to accept those new terms, is it for some other substantial reason? Well, it's not for conduct, it's not capability, it's not illegality, it's not redundancy. It has to be SOSR. And a tribunal will accept that if the employer can establish a sound business reason for the change. Doesn't need to be a business critical measure. Doesn't have to mean that the business is going to collapse if these changes aren't introduced. Doesn't even involve an obligation to show the business was under some sort of special pressure. The employer just needs to show there were good reasons that weren't trivial and were advantageous to the business. Now, when considering the fairness of this, a tribunal looks at the full context, and it's usually a balancing act between the reasonableness of the proposed change and the impact on the employee and why they've refused to accept the change. Obviously, if they are willing to accept the change, there's no dismissal. So the sorts of factors that a tribunal will consider are the employer's reasons for the change and the employee's reasons for refusal, the extent to which their changes and the effect was explained to the employees, whether the employer's done an impact assessment on the changes and thought about alternatives, whether there's been genuine and meaningful consultation with the workforce, whether most employees have accepted the new terms. If most employees have accepted the new terms, that's a strong pointer to them being reasonable. And whether any trade union recommended or objected to the change. The more evidence an employer can give about its reasoning and its attempts to consult with staff, the more likely it is that any dismissal will be fair for some other substantial reason. So we have business reorganizations. We have changing terms and conditions. Reason number three, when an employer might want to rely on SOSR as a reason for dismissal, is personality clashes. We've all worked with people we don't like, but what happens when matters escalate and start interfering with work? Well, personality clashes can amount to some other substantial reason justifying dismissal if the conflict causes significant disruption to the business. There's a very famous case called Tregenauen against Robert Nee, where an employee's oversharing about her sex life caused offence to her colleagues. The employer was a small business and the unbearably tense working environment was seriously affecting that business. The some other substantial reason dismissal was fair on the facts because of the small size of the employer and the very limited options available to it. But, klaxon, larger businesses may have more options. Solutions such as redeployment, changing working patterns, or changing reporting structures can be alternatives to dismissal. And if there's a credible, sensible alternative to dismissal, Tribunals will generally say the dismissal isn't fair. Mediation can be helpful too. And remember, there is a fine line between conduct and some other substantial reason in some cases. So if you're looking at apportioning blame to an employee for a personality clash, it might actually be a conduct issue. 
persistent, unsavoury comments are more properly addressed by way of warnings under a disciplinary procedure. So just take care that there isn't fault, because if there's fault, you should be going down a conduct dismissal rather than an SOSR dismissal. My fourth top reason for an SOSR dismissal is third-party pressure. There's nothing worse than finding out that a big client or customer hates one of your employees. Theoretically, a major client's insistence on an employee's dismissal can be some other substantial reason for dismissal and potentially fair, even if you as employer are sceptical about the client's motives. Common reasons are alleged misconduct, poor performance or friction between the employee and the client or its staff. The bigger the client, the stronger the case for a SOSR dismissal because the impact on the business is greater. But the reasonableness test still needs to be satisfied. A tribunal will look at what an employer did to alleviate the potential injustice to the employee. So employers should always look at whether less draconian steps can be taken instead of dismissal. Things like redeployment, and especially trying to persuade the client to reconsider its position. Fifth and finally, breakdown in trust and confidence. Now a breakdown in trust and confidence can theoretically result in a some other substantial reason dismissal, but employers really need to exercise caution here. Because in almost every case where an employee is dismissed for something they've done or not done, the employer could cite a loss of confidence. It's much more helpful to focus on the employee's specific conduct rather than a breakdown in trust and confidence, because all too often it's used as a fudge when nothing else seems to fit, or it's used to avoid following the proper procedures in a conduct or performance situation. Tribunals know that, tribunals are sceptical about it, and you should be very cautious before relying on a breakdown in trust and confidence without more as a reason justifying dismissal. Less is more here. Some other substantial reason is like a classic car. It can work well, but only in the right conditions. Use it strategically, never use it as a fudge or to avoid a formal disciplinary process. So just to remind you, the top five reasons for some other substantial reason dismissals are business reorganizations, changing terms and conditions, personality clashes, third-party pressure, and occasionally a breakdown in trust and confidence. Thank you so much for listening. Let me know what you thought. You can contact me on Twitter at Daniel underscore Barnett, or you can send me an email via podcast at danielbarnett.co.uk. And hit subscribe on whatever podcast service you use. As a new podcast, it's really important for search visibility for me to get reviews. So please, 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 please take 20 seconds, go to iTunes and leave a review for Employment Law Matters. Next week's episode is on giving references. Can you? Should you? Is a dates-only reference safest? I'm Daniel Barnett. Thank you for listening and goodbye. 
the information on this podcast is for general guidance only. Always seek legal advice. Please see full terms at www.danielbarnett.co.uk forward slash podcast terms.